Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast, a show for accountants using technology to make their jobs more strategic and impactful. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. It's been a bit of a light week on news, but there's a lot going on. Uh, folks are at ZeroCon this week. Unfortunately, I couldn't be there. I was at the one in Austin, so Atlanta just wasn't in the cards for me. Are you getting to recuperate after all of your travels recently? Yeah, I've taken some time off. I was uh, up in Flagstaff, Arizona. So I got to, you know, instead of it being 106, it was 91, which is which is a lot cooler for sure. That's uh, considered um, winter where you live, right? <laughs> some days, some days it feels like that. Yeah. Looks like though the news keeps coming this summer. Uh, I did see an article this week that uh, I think touches home to you. Aprio, they're going to acquire HPC. And if I remember correctly, HPC is who acquired your cloud accounting software company a few years back, correct? Yeah. In 2015, I joined cloud accounting, um, I'm sorry, cloud sourced accounting, which was my bookkeeping firm, uh, joined with HPC. And I uh, went on to work uh, as the director of marketing and technology there for about a year before I left. So it's really exciting to see that HPC is doing so well. Yeah. And it looks like this is very strategic around... um them trying to acquire a cloud platform and take that jump of their firm. And then really about the expertise HPC is going to bring to the table when it comes to automated data entry, machine learning, artificial intelligence. So instead of trying to learn this on their own, they're acquiring you know a cloud practice, which is really good for anybody who, any bookkeepers or uh, accountants that are, have already moved to cloud. Like those are the firms that are going to get purchased in. Uh, acquired in the future. Yep. And um, Aprio is uh, ranked 51 on Accounting Today's uh, 2018 list of the top 100 firms. And they have uh, 51 partners. Before the deal, they had 51 partners and 400 professionals and four offices. So yeah, like you said, this is really exciting to see a top 100 firm embracing modern cloud accounting. Yeah. And uh, it's a victory for you know the early adopters out there. Very exciting. So hopefully we'll see more of this in the top 100 and and more of those uh, learnings from small firms uh, reaching into the, uh, the the bigger firms. So um, I've got a story of my own to share. So actually kind of related to this, um, one of the things that was uh, that is unique about HPC is that it is a completely virtual accounting firm, virtual CPA firm. And this story, which appeared in CNN Money, might enable more of that for more cloud accounting firms uh, to work remotely. It's an article about Vermont. The state of Vermont is going to be paying people up to $10,000 to move there and work remotely. So eligible workers um, can get up to $5,000 a year, not to exceed $10,000 over two years through the state's new remote worker grant program. And uh, the legislation was signed, I believe, last week. The money can be used on qualified expenses, including costs to relocate, necessary computer equipment and software, internet access, and co-working memberships. And the stated purpose of this legislation, according to the Commissioner of Economic Development for Vermont, is uh, that Vermont has a small and aging population, and they need to recruit people to come to that state, I presume, to pay taxes. To be eligible, a worker has to be a full-time employee for an out-of-state business, work primarily from home or a co-working space in Vermont, and become a full-time resident on or after January 1st, 2019. I, I think it's uh, in, for the individual, right? I think it's kind of a... Uh an amazing type stance. But then I'm sure other states, the South Dakotas, all these other states with shrinking populations are probably going to start offering the same thing. So is it going to go up, right? Is it going to be um, more beneficial? I think it's interesting though, it's also tying it back to like the whole sales tax, e-commerce, Nexus stuff as well, right? As things become more and more remote and virtual, 
where how, how what is the impact of this with the states and the tax revenues and you know as as this moves forward because um, if it's not it was e-commerce nexus a couple of years back and that argument continues on to this day now it's this incentive to get people to work remotely we don't even you and I don't even know what it's going to be three years from now but you can see this trend where this as things go cloud and things go remote it impacting governments locally mm-hmm. yeah well and if if more and more states that uh, have aging populations start doing this, like you said, perhaps, you know, the Dakotas will do this or whatnot. Um, that could accelerate the drain from expensive places to those cheaper areas to live where people might be able to work remote. So this this could accelerate uh, the trend toward remote work and fewer workers in the office. Because yeah, I think it's happening already. The uh, Omaha and uh, the Boulder, Colorados, and people are starting to relocate to these other cities because they want the lifestyle, and they're taking remote jobs. So yeah, you're right. It just didn't, it just could uh, accelerate it. Speaking of the cloud, I came across a survey that may be of interest. It's the CPA Firm Management Association, CPAMFA.org. They conducted their 2018 IT survey. This is mid-size and large CPA firms. 174 firms participated, 88% of which were 10 members or more, and 40% of which were multi-office. There's a ton of information in the survey, so I'll put the link to the CPA Practice Advisor in the show notes. The one I found particularly interesting was a finding that more than half of firms, 51% that responded to the survey, had outsourced their entire IT infrastructure to the cloud. And that's an increase from 2016, where only 23% had made the jump. So we went from 23% fully in the cloud for their IT infrastructure to 51% in two years. That's kind of amazing, right? I mean, we're beyond the tipping point when it comes to cloud. Oh, I, I truly think that way. I mean, we loosely talked a little bit last week about, you know, uh, the QuickBooks Online adoption numbers and where we're at in the last five or six years. But yeah, it's, it, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, if you do the simple, the math, like, like why would you try to have a server running in a closet in your office, right? And, and, and all the associated costs and, and even the uh, non-material uh, cost, right? Just the headaches of that just to, don't make a lot of sense. And I think people are, you know, maybe as the server they bought five years ago, 10 years ago now dies, needs to be replaced. They're making this decision. Why should they even bother? I'll just, you know, put it all in the cloud. Yeah, very exciting. Hey, so um, I've got a bunch of app updates I was thinking I could just run through. Yeah, absolutely. Let's jump through. All right. Number one, Gusto, they've launched their own directory of accountants, like the QuickBooks Pro Advisor directory or the Zero Advisor directory. Now you can go on Gusto's website, whether or not you're a Gusto customer, and you can find accountants that provide payroll, benefits, HR, consulting services. I think that's a good thing, right? It's because small businesses are going to find, if they just need somebody that's a specialist in payroll, they can get that person. And then if you, that is you as the accounting firm or a bookkeeper, if that's your niche, it's going to let you kind of, it gives you a place to bubble up and be number one if you want to use that terminology. Yeah, it's really interesting and um, sort of a way for for cloud accounting firms to differentiate themselves by focusing on that HR and and payroll help. Um, And this made me think uh, about my own time when I had my own firm. Um, Probably the advice and help that we gave our clients about payroll and HR was more valuable to them than any of the bookkeeping work that we did because they were really stressed out about hiring and paying and providing benefits. And and so it was a big uh, relief to them when we did that. Perhaps this sort of service line may end up becoming even more important 
than the accounting. Yeah. And, and I think there's an opportunity for the uh, accountants that are in that space to provide different types of service, right? Beyond just, hey, I'm going to cut your paychecks. And so I think this is a, a place for the, uh, it gives people a place to be discovered, which doesn't really exist. I don't think there's any other, you know, directory out there on, of payroll experts. So speaking of accountants broadening into other lines of business, Spotlight Reporting has announced a new partnership with a wealth management platform called My Prosperity. So they're going to be integrating um, My Prosperity, which is a software for wealth managers, into Spotlight Reporting, which is reporting FP&A uh, tool for small businesses, dashboards and whatnot. So uh, advisors using Spotlight, which are mostly accountants and CPAs, are going to be able to offer wealth management in, in combination with that. So I, I think that's, um, that's pretty interesting. What do you think, David? Yo, I think it's... Uh... I think I saw a stat recently this sometime this week. I don't know where I saw it though that um, accounting firms that provide uh, strategic advising are growing their firm at eleven to ten ten percent or eleven to fifteen percent faster than firms that don't offer any advising. So if you can advise your clients small business, but then also advise them on some of their personal wealth decisions as well, you're just going to be able to maximize your revenue, right? And yeah. so I think this is a especially if they partner in like the UI starts to look and feel and taste the same between the two products. It just makes you as the account or bookkeeper providing that advisory service um, more efficient, right? If yep. So especially if the partnership is beyond just that, you know, we're, we're cross blog posting with each other, right? If it's truly, they start doing software integration at a deep level, it could actually help. So I mentioned Gusto earlier and their new directory of advisors. Uh, their big competitor, ADP, has also been innovating. They are now integrating with Slack. So companies that are using both ADP for payroll and HR and using Slack for their ch team chat can now give their employees a way to interact with ADP without them having to leave Slack. So this uses uh, Slack's slash commands. Uh, for example, now you can check your time off balance from within Slack by typing forward slash ADP time off. You can submit time off requests. You can find out uh, paste up information directly in Slack. So not like a, a earth shattering feature, but I was surprised to see this coming from ADP, a big behemoth in the space that is not typically known for its uh, forward thinking technology uh, take. Yeah. So if I'm an employee and I'm in Slack, I want to see my paste stub. I can just type a command view paste stub and boom, it's returned to me. I don't yep. have to go out to a second website, et cetera. That's cool. That's an interesting one. Um, I think uh, I'll interrupt you here because there's a what's new in QuickBooks Online for May. Oh, yeah. And so this is totally related to you know, we're, we're talking payroll employees. Here we go. The number one feature request of for QuickBooks Online got implemented, and you can now pay 1099 contractors. Yes, technically it's not payroll, but it's not W two employees. But you can pay your 1099 contractors using direct deposit which is just huge. You don't have to do a workaround or, or go out and pass it through a, another service like bill.com or something to do ACH deposits to uh, contractors. You can do them right from within side of QuickBooks Online now. And then the other thing they added in was they added uh, progress invoicing, which has been a request for a while. Yeah, progress invoicing is really important. Um, and, and I mean, you could always do it with workarounds, but it's great to actually see it in the application. Yeah. And then we're allow people to uh, have some control over that, right? You can just do all the lines you can do as a percentage or you can customize each amount. So we're giving people control and it's just uh, one more thing where it makes QuickBooks Online that much more powerful than it was 
you know, a year ago, or people that maybe are saying, oh, I won't move to QuickBooks Online until it has X feature. Well, this is one of those features that people have been waiting for. Mm -hmm. Hey, well, speaking of invoicing, Practice Ignition, the practice management slash proposals slash invoicing tool for accountants and bookkeepers has released a new feature called Proposal Reminders, which means that now the application will follow up automatically for you if you so choose to remind your prospects that they have a proposal outstanding, that they should view it and uh, hopefully accept it. So that's a nice little feature to automate a previously tedious task of, of reminding folks. So similar to if I send out an invoice and doesn't pay it, there's tons of services that will constantly email them and contact that customer and say, hey, you have an overdue invoice, you need to pay it. They're essentially doing that now with proposals. Exactly. And because proposals can be set to expire, you definitely want to make sure that those reminder emails are going out so that you don't have to then recreate a proposal. It's interesting. It'd be interesting if they ever have a blog post to release data about that. Because like, why are people letting proposals linger? Like, like, I get not paying a bill, right? Like, either A, you don't have the money or you just didn't get around to paying it. But it would be interesting on like, why the proposals linger. Well, and that's the... that's. An important aspect of sales in uh, professional services is that when you send a proposal, you never want it to be just an open-ended proposal that the customer can accept whenever they want. Because they might come back six months later and accept it, and then you realize your pricing has changed and you didn't get the opportunity to, to update that. And also, it, it it's annoying when that happens, right? Because you're ready to get going, you have capacity, you may not have it in six months. So it's always important to set a, a, a tight deadline for acceptance of the proposal, such as the end of the month. Uh, it creates urgency, which is always really important in the buying process. And so the reminders help help you set shorter deadlines and more urgency to get people to actually click, okay, I'm going to do this. Or at least decline it. So that way, at least you know that as well. Exactly. Right? So you yeah, you have better metrics, right? When you have a, a firm no versus just something outstanding, you know what your pipeline really is. Um, I have nothing else for this week. How about you? I've got just one more, really uh, quite a few feature updates. Zero uh, has integrated now with Paychex, so actually some more payroll news. So we had Gusto, ADP, and now Paychex. Paychex um, is doing a direct integration with Zero, which is really nice. I had a few clients that were on Paychex back in the day, and it was always a real hassle to get that information into Zero. So great to see now all the major payroll companies integrating. Yeah, I think... Uh Often, often on, I've chatted with Paychex over the years about them just you know getting to cloud, and I know they acquired um, a company called Sure Payroll, right? And Sure yes. Payroll was kind of a cloud platform. They were based out of Chicago, I think. But in general, I always felt like Paychex was just decades behind everybody else's mindset. So it's good to see like maybe leadership at Paychex has changed, and now they're you know starting to integrate to cloud accounting packages finally. Well, that's all I've got for this week. David, um, if folks are interested in seeing more of these updates, uh, getting all of the news that I'm following on a weekly basis, please consider subscribing to Cloud Accounting Weekly, my weekly newsletter for accountants interested in technology. You can get to that at cloudaccountingweekly.com. I'm subscribed, so that's good. And if any of you have any ideas for articles, please tweet at me at David Leary or uh, at it's Blake T. Oliver, correct? That's right, at Blake T. Oliver on Twitter. Perfect. And we will uh, talk to you guys next week. Thanks, David. Talk to you later. Awesome. Bye.